0: This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message.
1: We had a good number of people hanging out in Jeff's backyard worshiping Jesus when it was 55 degrees and it started raining. Man, the Lord had to be in that because, I mean, if the Lord would. So I'm saving the Lord was in it. So 55 degrees, raining, and we had a we had a crew of people out there, and I just wanted man. That was that was really cool. But last week we talked about three famous verses of scripture. For by grace, you're saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We are saved by grace alone. We are saved no other way. We're not saved by the good deeds of the good works. We're not saved by the crazy, great spiritual ideas that we come up with. We're not saved by being kind to our neighbors. We're not saved by giving money to the church. How else we were? No, we're not saved by, by, by doing good deeds. We're not saved by, by shaking a person's hand and smiling. We're not saved by any of those things. We are saved by the grace of God and through faith. But verse 10, we talk about, for we are his workmanship. The other word is masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus To do or unto good works Which God has before ordained that we should walk in That was last week Verse 11 begins with a word And that word is therefore And if there's one thing that my father Who passed for 45 years taught me I learned I think I learned some other things I know one thing that I learned When the word therefore is in the Bible You need to check and see What it's there for So, the word therefore is here, and what it is, it is a connecting transitional word. It is saying, because of what I just said, now I've got something else to tell you as a result of that. Sometimes the word therefore is used to tell us what to do as a result of what has been said. Uh, Sometimes it's there just to add on or to connect to possibly thoughts that we would never connect if we were just reading this. And so that's why it's there. Uh, that's what it's uh, there for this morning. Uh, and so that's where we're going to connect a little bit from what we just talked about into verse number 11. I'm actually probably going to stop today. I'm supposed to go all the way down to verse 22. I think I'm um, going to stop today down in verse 18, but that's all good. This will be on the screen for you if you don't have your Bible. Verse 11, therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, making the flesh by hands. By the way, I mean, you want to explain that to anybody? Let me explain it to you real quick. Let's not let Bible language out of us. The Gentiles were considered the uncircumcised. The Jews were considered the circumcised. So the Jews would call the Gentiles, people that weren't Jewish, hey, you're just an uncircumcised. Term because you're uncircumcised we're circumcised, we're God's chosen people you're not, more about that later All right, here we go. so that in time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise remember we're talking about to Gentiles here having no hope and without God in the world, they were not God's chosen people they were not a part of the different covenants that took place in the Old Testament but now uh, there's that word right but now in Christ but now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, Gentiles, have been brought near by the blood of Christ.
0: For he himself is
1: our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two. Thus making peace and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross Thereby putting to death the enmity And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near So Jesus came and preached peace to the Gentiles and to the Jews for through him we have access. We both have access by one spirit to the Father. Can I be real with you? I try to be a real honest pastor. Can I be a real honest pastor? Can you guys handle it? All right. Um, this is a tough, tough sermon for me to preach today. It's not easy for me to preach this sermon today. It is very difficult for me to preach this sermon. In fact, I probably studied more for this sermon than I've studied for any sermon that I have preached yet in over a year now. Um, And it was the hardest thing for me to study and then to put down on paper, on paper, um, what I wanted to say. Does that make sense? It was all in, and it was very difficult for me to just put it on paper. And if you don't do any kind of public speaking, you may not understand what that feels like. But that can be a difficult feeling sometimes. Um, the Lord, I believe, help me. I hope uh, that everything comes through clearly. But today's topic is a call for multi-ethnic church. A call for multi-ethnic church. We could have used another word there. A call for a diverse church. A call for a diverse church. A call for multi-ethnic. Ethnic church At the end today You'll hear some statements that I want to make That I want to be clear on And I hope that the sermon prepares us To hear the statements that I believe God Wants me to make The first thing that we need to do Is look back at verse 10 Before we jump directly Into this text The first thing that we need to understand And I guarantee you That you may not have Put two and two together on this verse because I'll be honest with you It was not until I dug into this study that I said, you know what? There's something here that I'm, there's an additional thing here that I have kind of overlooked Can I read verse 10 the way that I typically hear it in my mind and heart? For I am his workmanship Created in Christ Jesus For good works which God prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. I tend to hear that verse personally. Okay, I tend to say, for I am his workmanship, I am his masterpiece. I have been, and here's the thing that's not wrong. There is a, there, that is the truth. Each one of us, uniquely, singularly, are his workmanship, his masterpiece. And he did create us to do good works. He did do that. However, we understand that this epistle, the epistle to the churches at Ephesus, was written to local churches. It was written to the churches in and around the city of Ephesus. Ephesus is in modern-day Asia, minor, modern, modern-day Turkey, happened in that area, and that was a right on the, on the water, there. that's where the boats would come in and and people from all the known world would enter and sometimes live and stay in Ephesus. There were people from Africa. There were, were people from Asia. There were people from there, there were people from Asia Minor. There were people from all over that would be here. And Paul says this: for we are his workmanship, his masterpiece. We. The Gospel not only changes us vertically, yes it changes our relationship with God, it reconciles us to Him, it gives us a home in heaven one day if we have believed on the name of the Son of God, we have our vertical relationship right, but not only does the Gospel do that, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, but you should also love your neighbor as yourself. It's actually a beautiful picture of the cross. You see, the gospel not only reconciles us vertically, but the gospel reconciles us horizontally. You see, we're reconciled to God, and we're to be reconciled to his people, to his church, to this world.
0: We're to be reconciled to
1: other people. And that's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of the cross. You see, God didn't just die to reconcile you to God, but he died to reconcile you to other people through his church. So what today does God wants to teach us through the words of the Apostle Paul. I'm glad you asked. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, lead God direct. I pray that nothing would be left out that you would want said today. And Heavenly Father, nothing would be said today that you want left out. I pray that we can remove ourselves. God, you would remove me from the equation. God, I pray that we would leave here today not saying, man, what a preacher. Not saying, man, what a story. But may we leave here today saying, God, what a God, what a truth, what a text, what a, what a passage of scripture that was. God, thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Very quickly this morning, I want to jump right in. I want to respect your time this morning. Number one, I want us to see something from these verses 11 on. Number one, I want us to see that we were divided before Christ. We were divided before. Before Christ. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, you're non-Jews, you're called the uncircumcision by the Jews. That at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the Commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. This was the fact that the Jews were God's chosen people, and the Gentiles were not. By the way, can we can we understand this? The Jews, the national Jews, the actual nation of Israel were the Jews. At this point, this about the Jews. And then everybody else were the Gentiles. Everybody else. I don't know every single person in here, but I'm I'm I would wager there's probably not a 100 percent Jew that's in the room this morning. I don't know that. There could be, but there's probably not. So can we get. Alright, church people, y'all been in church your whole life. Sometimes I think we've used some of these, these passages of scripture. We're the Jews, and everybody else is the Gentiles. Can we understand something? We're a bunch of Gentiles. Can we understand that first of all? I told y'all we're we'll gonna get. I apologize for, I don't apologize for today, but I'm just I'm warning you about today. I'm just telling you. We're gonna talk about the word of God today, and sometimes the word of God cuts. Sometimes the word of God tells us some things we don't want to hear. This was not just the fact that the Jews were God's chosen people and the Gentiles were not God's chosen people. This was an intense racial tension that was taking place at this part of, of society. History. Lest we think racial tension is new. Right. Lest we think that in 2010 we started having racial issues. Lest we think in 19. 19- 40, 50, we started having racial issues. There were legitimate racial issues and tension that existed. You see, the Jews hated the Gentiles because they were God's chosen people, and the Jews were. These were ethnicities, these non-Jews that had taken the children of Israel into slavery and captivity all throughout the Old Testament. Do you remember that? The Jews were put in captivity all the different times, all the time throughout, throughout the Old Testament. And so the Jews hated those Gentiles and then the Gentiles hated the Jews because the Gentiles said, hey, you guys claim a monopoly on God. Hey, you think you're God's chummy? So what are we? Are we dogs? What are we We animals? What are we? And so the Gentiles hated the Jews and the Jews hated the Gentiles and you said, okay, judge, that's very, those are two very broad things. No, 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 no. This book, the book of Ephesians is right here. This book was written to real people in this on this earth and it was written to people who didn't like people that didn't look like them. Let's get down where we live. It was written to people that had a problem with other people because of where they were from or what they looked like, the color of their skin, that's who it was written to. And we must understand that. And that's uncomfortable. Can we agree? That's uncomfortable. We don't like to talk about that. But we're going to today. You see, we were divided before Christ. And I'll be honest with you. I look at our society today. And it's not even time to practically apply it yet But I look at our society today I think some Christians are still divided after Christ We're we're going there I'm not going to get ahead of myself We were divided before Christ You see the Jews and the Gentiles hated one another The Jews and the Gentiles disliked one another You remember uh, Jesus? You remember that guy? Jesus was on this earth You know, the one who didn't sin, the one who died on Calvary's cross for all of us, your Savior, and he walked down that road, and he walked through Samaria. And what was the issue there? The issue there is that Jews don't walk down that road. Kind of sounds like America in the 1950s, right? No, Jesus, don't walk down that road. That's the Samaritan road. Jews walking down that road. He's killed. That's the, that's what we're talking about. There was. A, can you imagine? You're in Ephesus. You're in Turkey in that in that area, and you have people from Africa coming in. You have people from Europe coming in. You have people coming in from mainland, Moving more towards Asia coming in. And there was this this diversity that exploded that happened, and they didn't know how to deal with it. They didn't know how to deal And Paul helps them. Secondly, this morning, it's very simple. We were divided before Christ, but we have been reconciled. This is the title of our series. We have been reconciled in Christ. We have been reconciled in Christ. Look at verse 13. But now. I love look, verse 12, by the way. It says to the Gentiles, you had no hope, and you were without God in the world. But now, but now in Christ Jesus. You who once were far off, Gentiles, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself, Jesus Christ, is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, the strife, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in Himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. I, is this is this sinking in? I, I don't really have to preach the rest because I think Paul is saying here that he might reconcile them both, verse sixteen, to God in one body through the cross. Thereby putting to death the enmity, the strife. And he came, Jesus did, and preached peace to you who were afar off to the Gentiles and to those who were near to the Jews. For through him, Jesus Christ, we both, Jews and Gentiles, have access by one spirit, common spirit, to the Father man i'm just gonna i'll be i'll shoot straight with you we can be in this passage down to verse 22. i could probably stay in this for many 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 weeks i will not be able to unpack Ever, in fact when steve preaches, steve does an amazing job and much better job of me than i do of looking at every phrase and legitimately breaking down a passage of scripture and he he that's the way he is wired Today, I'm going to shoot straight. I could not break down every portion of the scripture because y'all would get tired of it. Because we would be back in this passage next week and back in the week after and back in the week after and y'all would stop coming. So I'm not going to do that. So I'll tell you right now. There are some areas in this passage of scripture that you may need to read yourself. And you may need to study yourself. And guess what? You're big boys and girls. You can do that. So read your Bible throughout the week and ask the Lord to speak to you. But let me make some statements from these verses that I believe can help us. Number one, there is this. In a culture split apart by hatred, Jesus brought them near. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Can I just say this? Leave that verse up there. Can I just say this? You have been brought near. There is now no longer Jew, African, Greek, Roman, well, there is now no such thing as Asian. There's okay, put it down on our shelf. There's now no more white, black, Hispanic, Asian, there is now no more Jamaican, there's now nothing. No, 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 We are all, we are all been brought near by the blood of Christ. If you want to look at it this way, there's no more white, black, Asian, Latino, uh, whatever I you want to throw in there, there is now red. Red. And that is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I, I love this way. I've been studying this passage. I've been listening to a guy that's preached on this. He made the same things out. There's, we are one race. We are the human race. We are one race. And we have multiple ethnicities. This morning. In a culture that was split apart by hatred, Jesus brought them near by the blood of Christ this morning. Secondly, in a world full of racial Tension Jesus brought Peace In a world full of racial tension Jesus brought peace And I wish this morning in 2018 In October People leaders of the church go this far. Priests go this far. High priests can go that far. And there was that outer wall. It was the Gentile wall. Jesus came and he broke down that wall. He broke down those walls. So that no matter what color your skin was, no matter what country you happen to be from, no matter, no matter what your, your, your ethnicity was, he broke down that middle wall. And brought peace. Peace in a multi ethnic situation. Look at verse 15 for number 3. In a world full of segregation, Jesus made us one. Having abolished, verse 15, in his flesh, the enmity, the strife, the fighting that the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from two thus making peace in essence god says right here what i said a little earlier that is there are no multiple races there is one race and there are many different diverse ethnicities among that race the human race there are some beautiful ethnicities that make up this human race. Can you understand this? The church, the believers, those of you that have been saved, are called the bride of Christ, not the brides of Christ, but the bride of Christ. I-, I picture it as a stained glass window. Man, I wish we had a like, stained glass window. Maybe the Lord will give us a building one day it's got Scotland. I love that. But you know what a stained glass window is. A stained glass window are a lot of small pieces of glass that are a lot of different colors. A lot of different colors, but it creates a beautiful masterpiece. Workmanship, first 10, creates a beautiful masterpiece when put together. I won't take out these lights that we have, but this light right here and this light right here, I'm not sure what it. Reflects here, kind of a whitish, bluish, greenish, uh, no, uh, kind of whitish, bluish, something. But that is simply red, green, and blue. And we can use it to make it pink, we can use it to make it uh, green, we can use it to make it blue, we can do whatever we want to with it. That's simply red, green, and blue. If you do doing any graphic design work, that's your RGB. I won't go into the rest of them, but that's your RGB in you graphic design. That's what it is. Red, green, red, greens, and blues. But when you put those together, you can come up with many different things as one. You see, in a world full of segregation, Jesus made us one. The churches that were in and around the city of Ephesus were called to unite as multi-ethnic local churches. Paul was literally saying. You guys haven't worshipped together, but you need to. You guys have not worshipped together, but you need to. This ethnic group didn't value that other ethnic group as they should. And then this ethnic group over here didn't value this ethnic group back here. And then this ethnic group over here didn't value that ethnic group that was over there. One ethnic group thought they were a superior culture than another ethnic group's culture. And God called them to show the world what peace and unity looks like because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Working through them as a multi-ethnic church. And it wasn't just the church of Ephesus that God called to be a multi-ethnic church. Anybody ever heard of Antioch? The church at Antioch, raise your hand here. Wake up, alright? Anybody remember the of church at Antioch? Here we go. Church of Antioch in Acts chapter 13? Here was the leaders in the church at Antioch. You ready for this? Simeon and Lucius. Both of them were from Africa. Here was more of the five. Barnabas was from the Middle East. Menahem was a rich Palestinian. A friend of the king, Paul was from Asia Minor. The five leaders of the church at Antioch—only two of them were from the even the same general area. Africa's a continent, by the way, and there's a lot of countries on that continent. They were not, even, they were not from the same country within the continent. Africa. Diverse leadership, diverse churches throughout the New Testament baseline understanding of Scripture, we all understand that a major part of the New Testament was the Jew and the Gentile both having access to grace. I think we all understand that, right? We read the Scripture and we see, you know, Paul will say, how was you need to this called to this spot because to preach to the, the Gentiles here. And we, we're like, okay, oh, we I get that. But I'm not sure if we really say, oh, so there were like racial tension. There was like, there was racism going on. There was there was people not liking other people because they were from the same country going on. Oh, okay. So it wasn't just because of the covenants of the Old Testament. It wasn't just because the Jews were God's chosen people. There was more layers to this. Yes, there were more layers to this. I want to make some statements this morning regarding the implications of this text. as Paul encouraged the diverse group of Christians in Ephesus? I want us to be encouraged challenged here at Keystone Church in Durham, North Carolina in 2018. Can I speak very honestly with you this morning in case you couldn't tell I'm a white pastor in case you couldn't tell we are a church predominantly of white people and I want that to change straight up I'm just gonna be real I'm not even there yet I gotta shut up all right here we go <laughs> if it is okay today I want to speak to you as a white pastor predominantly speaking to a predominant not totally predominantly white congregation i want to choose my words wisely and this morning i will mostly speak from my perspective into the perspective of a church that's predominantly white and please if you don't hear anything else please listen to this do not think in that me doing that speaking from myself that i am ignoring anything that's related to any other ethnic group or any other racial tension I am not this morning. I'm simply speaking to what I feel like I have the authority to speak to. Does that make sense? Like don't think oh, Josh is ignoring you. all of this mess over here. No, I'm not. I'm just that's not who I talk to and that's not who I am So I'm speaking to what I can speak to and I hope you'll appreciate that If you want something to put on Facebook today Or something like that and share with the sermon It is a shame that someday is the most segregated day of the week. Can I repeat that? It is a shame that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. Your kids are going to school tomorrow. Guess what? Your school is not segregated. You're going to work tomorrow. Guess what? Your work, your job is not segregated. Hey, guess what? You went on to eat last night? Your rest- the restaurants in this area are not segregated. You know what's segregated? Right now. Right now. That's not the way you say it. It is Iglesia Cristiana Emmanuel. Every, did I mess it up? Okay. Because you laughed at me and you're Spanish. Come on, man. You guys not know what I was trying to say it right? Come on, Miguel. All right. Everyone's, said I'm not going to try to say it again. Say Everyone's saying we use Emmanuel Christian Church. 100% the Spanish Church. To God be the glory. Okay? I understand. I understand. But you know what I don't understand? People that speak English and don't worship together. I don't understand. You work together. You go to school together. and you live in neighborhoods together. And already I can feel it. I'm just going we've been here a year. It's all good. We're established. i want you going to say it already in your mind you're starting to justify it oh well they they just won't come oh they do but they do they do come they, they do come I wish we had kept stats for last year of how many first time guests come I wish I could tell you the specifics of Lynn being out in the, in the, in the driveway and a lady three weeks ago two, three weeks ago stopped Lynn and said i got some questions for you before I come in and then had to be very honest with her. But you know what? She got her car. And she drove away. And you know what in our pious pride and arrogance we say, well, she should have done that. Well, guess what we've been here a year and we're quite pale. Do we understand that people For some reason, only want to worship with the people who look like, who look like them. And there are probably many different reasons why this is the case. But one of those reasons is that still today, racial segregation and isolation is subtly woven into the Christian society. Subtly woven in. Do we realize that Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., if he were alive, would only be in his 80s? Do we realize that some of your parents or some of your grandparents were probably actively involved in the segregated days of our country, especially if they're from the South? Can I be honest with you? Between my wife and I, I'm not going to give you details, between my wife and I, we have grandparents. That had people that helped around the house when they were growing up that could only come in the back room, they could only use the bathroom outside? Grandparents within my married family? Do we understand? Do we understand? Do we understand that many white Americans tend to be more passionate about their political views than they are about loving their neighbors? That child. She goes through all these other ways of describing who that child is, and I sit there and tear up and I go, "Thank you, God. Thank you, God, because she gets it, and I'm not messing that up. And I'll be honest with you: anybody that comes along in her life that wants to mess it up, I will remove her from influence, from being influenced by that person. Do we understand that we subtly teach? And accept racism when we privately tell our kids that they can only date people that look a certain way. Um, Do we realize that we when we not that we not so subtly teach racism when we tell racial jokes? All in fun, right? Real pastor talk. I moved to Baltimore, Maryland, five and a half years ago. I was not where I am today in my understanding of things like this. And I will never forget the first time I made a racial jab. We had a, a very diverse church in Baltimore. Very diverse. They're at the Baptist on Sunday day. I can't wait to see the pictures. I guarantee you. It's just an extremely diverse church. Like, I've never seen I'll never forget when I made a little comment. Just, I'm talking about... A sl- it wasn't even bad. Like if I said what I'm not doing, I said I said, none of you would be like, "Oh, Pastor Josh." I just made a sly comment, and my pastor stops me and he goes, "Hey, if you want to work here, you will never, ever say anything like that ever again." And I was like, "Okay." And he started teaching me, and he started training me, and he started having me look in Scripture. Did do we realize? That in this town, I'm not, if I was, I obviously would not say this, I'm sorry, if this is not true. Do you realize that in this town, about 10 years ago, I can get far away, about 10 years ago, I'm not sure it's still going on now. There's a white church that is running down the street from a black church. The pastors have a gentleman's agreement that if a white family visits the black church, The black church pastor will kindly suggest that maybe they visit the white church down the street to find a better fit. And if a black couple visits the white church, the white church pastor will suggest that they visit the black church down the street because that might be a better fit. That's in Durham, North Carolina. Do you realize that some of the worst racial jokes that I have ever heard came from the mouth of a pastor who today is standing behind a pulpit preaching God's word? Just being straight. I'm just being real. Do we realize that using derogatory terms to talk about people that don't look like us? It's teaching our children to view themselves as better than other people and that other people have less value. So what's the answer? What is the answer? We may have a heavy church next Sunday because I'm sure to tell you we're going to talk some more about this next Sunday. We're going to finish out verse 22. Who knows, maybe next Sunday maybe we'll, we'll have more ethnicities in our dead in the service. That would be amazing. What is there to do? Number one, I have no points on the just, We need to honestly acknowledge where we are personally and where we are as a church. That's there. We need to acknowledge where we are personally and where we are as a church. And if and when necessary, repent for our lack of gospel, biblical, necessarily we need to realize that that our sundays will be no more multi-ethnic than our monday through saturdays are can i put it another way our churches will be no more multi-ethnic than our dinner tables it's like oh yeah we have People, we want different people that will better reflect our community. Come to our church, okay? Friends, spend time with, love, care, show value, show worth. Have them over to your house. Go out and eat. Hang out with that guy at work. When I first moved back here to Durham, a man by the name of Chuck Reed reached out to me. Chuck, at the time, was the prior campus pastor at the Summit Church here in Durham. Chuck's an African-American guy with the touch of God on him. We began talking. He began sharing with me his dream of planting a multi-ethnic church. And by God's grace, this is right now, about seven minutes away from us, Rebuild Fellowship was meeting for their third Sunday as a multi-ethnic church plant in Durham. Planting The church. He introduced me to a guy named Ryan Brooks. Ryan Brooks pastors uh, Vertical Church in Hillsborough, North Carolina. Ryan is an African-American pastor that pastors a multi-ethnic church in Hillsborough. And another guy named KJ. KJ came in one of our small groups and um, shared with us there. He is a white man that works in this. He deals with this. And they said, hey, can every Friday we meet for breakfast? You want to, would you like to start joining us? You know, I'll be honest, with you. I could have very easily said, you know, I could probably find a crew of pastors that looked a little bit more like I did and maybe see from my perspective a little bit better, and I could probably start going to breakfast with them every Friday. But you know what I did? I said, no, I need, not just I need, I want this. And so we don't go every Friday, I'd say twice a month. I sit, I do, and those of you that know me, y'all know this is a miracle. I sit there and I do about 80% listening and about 20% talking. I can't get it more than I'm trying, I promise. I just can't shut up sometimes. But I do about 80% listening and about 20%. You know what I want to do? I want to develop a multicultural heart, a gospel focus. Hearts. I want to see things from other people's perspective. I can tell you more about what they told me. And I'll probably will next week. But they made statements like, hey, churches that are predominantly white do this. Or they have special events like this. Can you imagine if a black church did that? And I'm like, I never thought of that. I'll give you one. I was with another guy from Goldsboro. So he, under, and he understands a little bit from where I'm coming from. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm like we had, they had this thing called sportsman's banquets, And I was great. We, set, we went to it. We set a career sportsman's You know what they do with sportsman's banquets? They give away guns. Right? And now I'm not saying that that's wrong. We go to it. We swear it's fine. I'm all for it. But when one of those guys are there, they kind of chuckle it. are like, can hey, you imagine. In my church, we, we advertised that we were doing a drawing to give away guns. And I'm like, okay, I'm understanding, I'm learning, I'm seeing things, I get it. And they were not anyway saying, oh, they shouldn't do that. They're just trying to help me understand that there's a whole lot of people out here that are different than me, and they love Jesus, and Jesus loves them. We need, okay, sorry, back to my notes. So, we need to honestly acknowledge where we are as a person and where we are as a church. We need to realize that our Sundays we be no more multiethnic than our weekdays. We need to actively seek to understand, appreciate, and grow to love other ethnicities and cultures. Ignorant of what is actually going on in the world around me? Hey, how about this? How about we look at it differently? How about we seek to understand, appreciate, and love other cultures and other ethnicities? The answer is not to become blind to color, the answer is to celebrate color to celebrate our diverse community, to celebrate Durham, to celebrate that. As an illustration, I don't know all of the ins and outs, and I want to learn more, but there are some amazing traditions and cultural traditions that Hispanic families have in the way family traditions that I was raised with. You know what my job is to do? To love the Hispanic community so much that I want to learn and love and celebrate with them those unique elements of their culture. My mom. Not just, oh, that's what they do. No, what can we do? No, no, no. I want to learn about you. We need to actively seek to understand, appreciate, and love other ethnicities and cultures. I hope that you know, and while I have not studied this out as of yet, I hope that you understand that in the first Eight months of our church's existence. I purposefully had an african-american pastor come and preach in our church twice for that reason And I will promise you that we will have more and I will promise you that by God's grace the next time someone walks uh, drive pulls up in that in that parking lot and grabs one of our parking guys and says hey, can you shoot straight with me? What's it gonna look like in there? Am I gonna be the only one that looks like me in church? That's what I that was the question. That Lynn didn't have to try to choose his words very wisely in the kindest way possible, letting this person know that. I mean, for the most part, I have to be honest. I don't. I'm not lying. To you. No, no. How, how cool would it be? How awesome would it be in the very, very near future that whoever walks there, if they, whether they ask the question or not, that's no judgment on them. That's fine to ask that question. If they were to ask that question again, that if Brian was. They they say is there somebody looks like me in that church? And you say, oh yeah, there's sure there's somebody looks like everybody in the church. Oh yeah. You say, Josh, why does this matter? Why does this matter? It matters because when we come together as multiple ethnic groups, we show two things. We show what Jesus died for. Yes, he died to take us to heaven yes he had to give us personally an eternal home and to reside in us the holy spirit but he also did this to unify the jews and the gentiles we show the gospel when we come together as multi-ethnic communities what's the second reason why i believe so strongly and i will continue to believe strongly in this because i believe that we will most reflect our eternity We will most reflect our eternity. You see, when we get to heaven and we are singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. You may be singing it in English, but your brother or sister in Christ may be singing it in Swahili. And your brother or sister in Christ may be singing it in Spanish. And your brother or sister in Christ may be singing it in Chinese. Hey, and for those of you that are like, I don't like certain types of music. Well, I hope a Christian rapper stands next to you and sings holy, holy, holy. Right next to you for eternity, <laughs> because we we reflect the gospel. Vertically, we are reconciled to God, but the Jews and the Gentiles are to becoming one. And we reflect our eternity for all eternity. You will worship a people that don't want you. You better get used to it. You better get used to it. It's a shame. We will close. I know what time it is, in my wife are here. she be in We will close. It is a shame that in Durham, North Carolina, there are black churches with 99 to 100% black church attenders and members. That if I walked into church, I wouldn't feel right. That's wrong. It's also wrong that in this church there, I mean, in this city, there are white churches that if a black person walked through those doors, they're going to be like looking around. Okay, it's sad. It really is. And my job is to preach the Bible. My job is to preach the easy passages. For by grace, are you saved through faith? Amen, clap. And my job is to follow it up in verse 11. It says, okay, now what? As a church, stop being so racist. As a church, stop looking at people through the color of their skin. As a church, worship the people that don't look like you, that aren't from the same country as you, that don't act like you, that don't like the same music as you. Uh oh here we go. That don't vote like you. Worship with them. Worship with them A call For a multi-ethnic Church That's what we've been called to Hey look If our church was in Switzerland this morning I wouldn't I wouldn't preach this message like this The one part That I left out The why I believe in multi-ethnic church Yeah it reflects the gospel Yeah it reflects heaven You know what it also reflects? Our community community and it breaks my heart so what can we do hey this week love people love people seek to understand people celebrate people go out to lunch with people and they don't all have to look like you they don't want to look like you and it's all good in fact it's very good in fact it's good.
0: This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor
1: Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit KeystoneRDU.Church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.